The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to episode 52. And did you know I bet you didn't know that I offer a free uh, a free session for um, if you're dealing with OCD and anxiety. And if you did want some help with that, you can get in touch with me by heading over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. And there you can send me a message and we can set up a free introductory session where, you know, you have the opportunity to tell me a bit about what you're struggling with. And uh, I can tell you how I can help you with that, obviously based on my own personal experiences of dealing with OCD and anxiety. So on with today's show, and today we're going to be focusing on social anxiety. Now, um, this is something that I really struggled with myself in the past, and it can be something that is really crippling. It can really kind of take over your life. And if you struggle with OCD as well, you know, social anxiety can be the icing on the cake. It really can make life quite miserable. I mean, if you don't struggle with, with OCD and you're just struggling with social anxiety alone, it is a really difficult thing to deal with. So I think it's an important um, topic. I'm going to be discussing, you know, what it's like to experience it, what some of the symptoms are, and, uh, you know, how you can hopefully recognize if you do suffer with this and what you can start doing about it to start taking back some control, you know, from this difficult, uh, this difficult experience. As always, if you do have any questions, then do please let me know. And if you could subscribe to the podcast, um, that would be amazing. It really does help with uh, getting our message out there. Many thanks, guys, and I hope you enjoy. Thomas A. Richards, uh, PhD, describes social anxiety as the fear of being judged and evaluated negatively by other people, leading to feelings of inadequacy, inferiority, self-consciousness, embarrassment, humiliation, and depression. If a person usually becomes irrationally anxious in social situations but seems better when they are alone, then social anxiety may be the problem. Now, everything that he just listed there, at some point, I've definitely really struggled with in the past. Um, you know, whether that be at, at, at kind of school and college, uh, a university when I was really struggling, you know, in those kind of uh, years where, you know, the kind of early teens years and even, you know, becoming a young adult, it can be really, really difficult to fit in in different social situations. And uh, for whatever reason, you know, you may develop problems with anxiety based around that. You know, maybe you had a hard time when you were at school fitting in. And uh, maybe you've got better with that over time. But, you know, these feelings that we get from when we were a child or when we were a teenager, 
they have a habit of sticking around with us. And, you know, definitely that was the case for me. I wasn't, you know, uh, I didn't necessarily fit in really well when I was at school. I had a lot of friends, but sometimes I would feel, you know, a bit socially awkward in different occasions. And, you know, I've always struggled with anxiety. So that was often the reason why I was feeling awkward. You know, uh, it's not necessarily about social skills at all. I kind of feel like, you know, when I'm feeling happy and relaxed, my social skills are pretty good. But often, you know, when I am feeling anxious in a social setting, then obviously it does impact how I interact with people. And, uh, you know, that can uh, that can kind of cause even more of a problem. Now, I'm pleased to say uh, that today for me, you know, it doesn't, this isn't really a massive problem for for me anymore. There's, you know, still occasionally I do feel some anxiety when I'm socializing, but it doesn't stop me from doing anything. It doesn't take over my life. I don't spend hours worrying about it. And if I am kind of out and about socializing with people and, you know, some anxiety comes up, you know, I may be overthinking, what's this person thinking about me? Uh, you know, do they think I'm strange? Were they laughing at my joke enough? Um, you know, all these kinds of ruminations that we have in different social situations. If thoughts like that do come up these days, I'm very good at being able to kind of just allow, you know, allowing them to be there and choosing to refocus my attention on the social situation instead of getting bogged down in those kinds of thoughts. Um, but that did take a lot of practice to to get to to that point. And I'm not perfect, of course, you know, there are there are times when I do kind of feel like, oh, God, this is too much today. I'm really struggling. But, you know, the vast majority of the time uh, I've learned these skills that have enabled me to feel much more relaxed in social situations. And perhaps the most important thing of all is not um, is not avoiding things. That is really, you know, the most important thing, because when we start to avoid stuff, And, uh, you know, if you struggle with this kind of thing, then I'm sure you've been there too. Uh, It's very tempting to to stop going out, to, um, you know, to not go to the party, to not uh, go to the concert, to not kind of meet your boyfriends or your girlfriends, uh, friends, for example, because of that anxiety. And unfortunately, the more we do that, the more we encourage that anxiety to grow. And so, you know, forcing ourselves to to do the difficult things that we don't necessarily want to do is a big part of it. And we'll, we'll come on to that more in a minute. So what are some of the symptoms of, um, of social anxiety? Um, the Mayo Clinic describes the symptoms um, as a fear of situations in which you may be judged, worrying about embarrassing or humiliating yourself, an intense fear of interacting or talking with strangers, fear that others will notice that you look anxious, fear of physical symptoms that may cause you embarrassment such as blushing, sweating, trembling or having a shaky voice, avoiding doing things or speaking to people out of fear of embarrassment, avoiding situations where you might be the centre of attention, having uh, anxiety in anticipation of a feared activity or event, enduring a social situation with intense fear or anxiety, spending time um, after a social situation analysing your performance and identifying flaws in your interactions. If you have OCD as well, it's pretty likely that you're going to be doing that. Um, And expecting the worst possible consequences um, from a negative experience during a social situation. Now, to say that you're someone who really struggles with with social anxiety, 
you don't have to have obviously all of those things on the list however if you do have you know three or four of those things then it's probably pretty likely that you are someone who struggles with with social anxiety and a lot more of us uh, you know probably do than than you would imagine now you might like to spend some time having a think about this you know where where might this come from? Can you think back to when you were younger and, you know, did you uh, have a difficult time when you were a child or does it just relate to you being, you know, generally an anxious person? Um, but to be honest, I wouldn't focus on it too much because the most important thing when it comes to this kind of thing is that you get the right support and that you start taking action, you know, to deal with it. And so if you do think that you're really struggling, um, obviously you should go and speak to your doctor um, but also you know you should start thinking about some of the things that you can do so the next part of the podcast will be looking specifically at that what action can you start taking to deal with this a bit better so the first thing to mention here is to not throw yourself into uh, into the deep end because let's be honest you've probably spent uh, a long time you know in your life trying to deal with this and you know, I'm sure you've been trying to expose yourself to the fear by pushing yourself, you know, to, to do the things that you're afraid of. But unfortunately, if you do push yourself and you try to expose yourself to that fear, but you literally like hang on for dear life during that experience and you don't fully uh, learn how to relax and kind of let yourself go and accept that anxiety, then it's not going to be a helpful experience. You're just going to carry on, you know, kind of torturing yourself in a way by forcing yourself to do something you're not comfortable with, um, but not actually accepting uh, that experience and actually, you know, relaxing in that experience. So we don't just throw ourselves into the deep end. We need to build up gradually uh, the expose the exposure work that you're going to do here to be able to enjoy socialising again in a positive way. Now, ideally, I'd recommend that you work with somebody to to help you with this because you know that so you what you really want to do is come up with a plan of uh, exposure work. And, um, you know, so if you can work with somebody, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be really good. But if you're not, if you can't do that for any reason, um, then it's definitely worth keeping a bit of a journal with this. Because what you need to start doing is working out what are the situations that give you the most fear, the ones that are going to be really difficult to overcome. You know, maybe that would be something like doing a uh, speaking in public, for example, um, you know, for many people, myself included, uh, I was absolutely terrified of public speaking when I was younger. And, you know, it still makes me very nervous today, but I, I do it. You know, I, I've overcome that fear and I allow it to I allow it to be there in the background. But it took me a long time to, to build up to that. And, um, you know, so what you need to do is work out what situations give you the most kind of anxiety. And you, you uh, it might be worth going through uh, writing down all of the kind of social situations that you do come into or would like to come into and scoring them from one to ten with one being the most uh, sorry with one being the least anxiety you would get from that and ten being the most and uh, once you've identified you know some of the things that are a bit easier for you to do my next bit of, of advice would be to Start doing some of those things that are, you know, quite low down on your list that you can definitely achieve. 
Now, to do this, though, you need to be very careful. You need to be, you know, you need to make sure that the people that you're going to be socializing with are, you know, kind of supportive people. We all know uh, people in our social circles, for example, who are, you know, who are not that supportive. Uh, Maybe they like to make fun a lot or maybe, you know, maybe they're just not supportive people. It doesn't mean they're bad people at all. But you know, you know what I mean. So you want to try and find, you know, a group that seems like, you know, um, a nice group of people or even, you know, you might even just start off with going for a coffee with a friend. Um, Start off very small with supportive people. And what you want to do when when you go and do this social experience is you want to focus as much as possible on the present moment. You really want to to be there in the moment and learn how to enjoy that social activity uh, with that person or the small group that you're going to meet. It really is the most important thing because if you can learn to be in the present moment, if you can um, try, try to allow any anxiety that does come up to be there in the background whilst you are focusing and trying your very best to be there and really listen to the other person, really pay attention to the other person. Try to notice things about them that you've not seen before. Um, This can really help you to be in the present moment. And um, not only that, but it builds confidence. The more that we're able to do these small challenges where we, you know, we overcome a little bit of anxiety, we, we go and do the social activity, we get through it. And, and actually, you know, at times we enjoyed it. It wasn't just a struggle the whole time. We weren't just holding on, you know, fearing that we were going to freak out at any moment. You know, you actually managed to, to relax into, into that experience and get something out of it. You know, and once you're doing that on a fairly regular basis, you know, if you're able to do that kind of, you know, twice a week or three times a week, then you're really beginning to make progress. And that's really encouraging. So once you've done that, then you can start to step it up a little bit. You can start thinking, okay, well, what's next on my list? Um, You know, have a think about that and start. Maybe you can, uh, you know, you can try to do something that gives you a, a three or four out of 10 on your anxiety list and we continue to to build up like that and of course there might be setbacks along the way with this uh it's important with setbacks though that we we tally this up to experience and you know that we don't let it stop us in our in our work and that's why again it's sometimes helpful to work with somebody else because you know if you're just on your own and you have a setback it can be really horrible and it can really make you think like you're back to square square one and you're not at all. You've probably made loads of progress. You've had a difficult setback. Um, but, you know, you're, if you look at the overall uh, trajectory of your progress, you're probably still doing really well. And so it's important to remind yourself of that. Dust yourself off and get back on the mission of uh, you know of, of facing some of these difficult things but in a positive way and not pushing yourself too hard you know taking it easy building it up and slowly you'll build the the skills to be more in the present moment to be more accepting of your anxiety and uh, you know and, and learning to yeah just enjoy that social experience again now in keeping with this 
and a way to to build your ability to be able to be in the present moment um, a lot more. I really do recommend to, to anybody to really practice and focus on you know meditation and mindfulness skills because these skills are absolutely huge when it comes to social anxiety. You know, if you can be present, you know, you're not going to be stuck in your head thinking about stuff and worrying about stuff and you know um you, it's when you have that horrible sensation of you know the heart beating too hard and your hands being sweaty and clammy you know if you can just really focus on what's going on around you and have that ability to refocus your attention that mindfulness builds it's going to be so much easier for you uh, to be present and to enjoy that experience even if there is a little bit of anxiety in the background now, I also wanted to mention uh, something that I did that I found really helped me with social anxiety because, as I mentioned earlier, you know, public speaking for me when I was younger was an absolute nightmare. Uh, I, would, I would be up there, like, forcing myself to do it. I, and for a long time, I didn't relax into the experience. And it really was horrible, you know. I would be, I would be up there in front of a whole bunch of people and my eyes would be like my somebody was like holding my eyes open you know they were kind of like wide open and like somebody was shining a light into my face I felt horrible my heart would be like beating in my head my hands would be sweaty and it was not a nice experience but what I did find is um, later by putting myself in that experience um, you know Little by little by little, I was able to acclimatize myself to that fear and, you know, eventually to learn how to accept it. And a big part of that actually was doing um, improv comedy. Now, of course, if you're just starting out, like I mentioned earlier, you don't want to go off and do an improv comedy course straight away. It's probably, you know, going to be quite difficult. But if you build up, um, like I just explained, you know, and you do start making progress and you're feeling more confident. Improv is an amazing way to push that a little bit further because uh, improv tends to be a very supportive community. So if you go and join a, an improv class, um, it's it's a very supportive place. People are really encouraging to each other. You know, people really want you to do well. And you are forced often, you know, to be there in the moment and to and to perform but in a positive way. Now, one of the uh, characteristics of improv is that obviously you have to improvise. And, um, you know, you, you might be in a situation where somebody says something to you and you are expected to think on your feet and just come up with an answer. Now, one of my main fears when it came to public speaking or sometimes even telling jokes in public or just being in social settings is, you know, what if I can't think of something funny to say? What if I can't, you know, what if I forget my lines of this presentation? What if this? What if that? And what the uh, the improv teaches you is this ability to accept that uncertainty, to kind of say, you know what, like, I'm going to trust in my ability that whatever comes up in the moment, you know, the words will come to me or I'll find something to say. And if it takes a second or two of silence, that doesn't matter. I can accept that, you know, but trust by trusting in yourself and your ability to to find an answer in the moment by staying present. 
when you can do that, your confidence begins to go through the roof because you begin to realize that so much of what you've been worried about and so much of the anxiety that you have around uh, social anxiety is, is, you know, it's just not true. It's just the stuff that is stuck up in your head because you are stuck in your head. You've been worrying about this stuff and ruminating about this stuff and you know, you're not in your body at all. And when we're able to just come into the present, uh, be there, trust in ourselves, literally be in our body, then, you know, that that kind of fear, that anxiety that, that had maybe been there for years begins to evaporate because, you know, you're shining a light on it and you're really beginning to see that, you know, anxiety is just a passing thing. And if we if we don't hold on to it, if we don't fight with it, if we just allow it to be there, then it will it will move on and we will be able to, you know, live a more positive and happy life and enjoy socializing in a way that perhaps we hadn't done for, for many years. So one more thing to, to say about this, and I think it's also very, very important, um, and that is uh, alcohol. Because uh, certainly in the UK, you know, we have a culture that is saturated, literally, in alcohol. And uh, so many of us use alcohol as a crutch to, to hold us up in social situations. And I'm not saying don't have a drink. Of course, sometimes, you know, having having a drink can be fantastic. You know, it's so nice to be able to share a bottle of wine with friends or have a, have a beer with some, some mates. You know, that's absolutely fine. However, if you are really struggling, you know, you do want to avoid, you know, kind of getting too drunk and using alcohol as that crutch. And, you know, if you are really struggling as well, then sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it can be very beneficial to avoid alcohol altogether. Because what you can do if you do that is you can really begin to experience that anxiety without getting rid of it using alcohol and actually you know being in a situation feeling that anxiety um, choosing to refocus your attention onto your friends noticing the anxiety in the background but also noticing how it's going up and down and how if you just stay present and in the moment how it does kind of disappear and if you're just drinking the whole time then you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to do that because it's likely that the uh, the anxiety will just disappear on its own or not because we also we also know that often when you drink too much, it can lead to loads more anxiety. It can lead to tunnel vision. It can lead to all sorts of of you know unwanted and sometimes unexpected issues. It's not always the case that alcohol makes us more relaxed. Um, often it is the case that it 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 makes whatever emotional state we we are experiencing stronger. So with that in mind, it, it can be a good idea, you know, to reduce or sometimes even avoid alcohol um, altogether. So that's it for today, guys. There's probably a, a lot more to say about this topic. So maybe we will revisit again in the future. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you can leave us a review on uh, iTunes and subscribe, that would be amazing. Many thanks. Please remember, if you are struggling with OCD and anxiety, you can get a free consultation uh, with me. All you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com and uh, send me a message and we, we can sort that out. And if you like, you can also follow me on Instagram uh, at robertjamescoachinguk. Many thanks. 
And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.